So 1 John chapter 2 verses 15 to um, 16 there it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. Church, let's pray as we begin to study God's word together. Lord, thank you for where you have positioned us. Thank you, God, that, that, that you send us, that you sent your apostles out into the world. And so, God, we go out into the world, God, but we are not of this world. Thank you, God, that, that our purpose is greater. And, Lord, we pray for each person in here today. God, would you, would you give us from your word that which will help us to glorify you most. In, in every circle, every sphere of influence that we have, God, in, in our friendships and in our families, in our schools and in our workplaces and our universities, God, and, and wherever we may find ourselves, Lord, would you help us? God, would you surround us? Would you lead us in the right things to say? In, in the right things to do that would impact others and that would show them Christ. Lord, we give you all the praise for, for all that you're doing in this place. That's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. Church, this chapter, 1 John 2, it's, it's about fellowship with God. And, and you'll probably think those, those verses don't, don't really lean toward that. You you might think that, but as you as when you look at the when you look at the chapter and understand this in context, you understand that 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 what this is leaning toward is our fellowship with God. These verses that we have read, they come in the middle of First John two there, and they focus on fellowship with God. John begins the chapter by telling believers this, this chapter that we're looking at. He begins the chapter by telling believers here that he does not want them to sin. He doesn't want them to sin, but if they do, because he understands those who he is talking to, he knows that, that, none, that none of those who are listening are perfect, and church, neither are we. So, so this is what he is saying. He doesn't want them to sin, but if they do, that Christ is their advocate. That Christ is their representation. He is their advocate. He wants, he wants them to keep God's commands. And he wants them to walk like Christ walked. He wants them to live Christ-like lives. Do that and then they are showing the world. Again, being in the world. They are showing the world who they belong to. And making it known that Christ is in them. This is, this is by conduct. This is by what we do. And John actually says if people say Christ is in them. But don't keep his commands. They are liars. That's what, that's what John is quoted as saying here. It's pretty strong stuff. And then what is tied into fellowship with God is fellowship with other believers. 
So it talks about, it talks at the beginning about our sin and about how Christ is our advocate and about how we are to live for him. And then it talks about our fellowship with other believers, our relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ. And importantly, church, our love for them. What John goes on to say is if you cannot fellowship with your brother or sister in Christ, then you cannot fellowship with God. Your relationship with God is intrinsically linked to your relationship with your brother and sister in Christ. Those who are in Christ. If you claim to be in Christ, then you must love his people. So what John, what John is saying here, John describes it. He describes not loving your brother or sister. He describes that as being in the dark. He says that you are blind. He says if you hate your brother or sister, you are blind. So again, a love for one another is linked to love for God. And fellowship, relationship. Being with him. We, we cannot be of God. The, 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 the scripture is clear here. That Christ is not within us. If we are not loving each other. The two, the two things. Hating the church. Hating his bride. Hating those who are within the church. And loving God, those things contradict each other in a heavy way. They do not line up. So what John says before we come to these things of the world, and, and it, all, it all links together so incredibly here, but what he says before we come to the things of the world here is do not sin and love your brother and sister. These are the things that those who are in God do. Those who have Christ within them do. They do not sin purposefully. They do not set out to sin. They do not live in sin. And they love their brother and sister. We do not identify with sin. And we cannot identify with hate either, church. If that is in you, if that is in your heart, if, if you can think of anybody while I'm speaking, you need to reconcile that. The, the scripture is clear here, and not just, not just in, in John, but, but Paul's writing to the church as well. Church, unity is not an option. We are to be united in Christ. We are to love one another as he loves us. Or at least we are to try. At least we are to go in the right direction. At least we are to say the right things. And to serve one another as though we love one another. If we want to fellowship with God. If we want a relationship with God. We have to love his house and love his people. So how are we loving each other? That's a, that's a challenge there. Just before these verses we read, and then we come here to verses 15 and 16. And John reveals the contrast between the kingdom of God and the world. 
This is how all of this links. He warns us against being entangled in worldly desires. Things that would lead us away from God. John is now pointing to specific sin. He began by saying he began by saying he doesn't want them to sin. He told them that, that they need to love their brother and sister. And now he's pointing to a specific sin that affects our fellowship with God as well. It's all about our relationship with God. Our relationship with the world is, is, is linked to our relationship with God. He points to this specific sin of worldliness. To love the world. And the world is a phrase that's it's used, it's used often, but it, it's, it's not necessarily just talking about the things. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. So it's not necessarily just talking about possessions, although, although scripture would lead us away from hanging on to those earthly material things, but it's also talking about the attitudes and the behaviours of the world as well. It's talking about both. It talks about what we hold on to physically and what affects us spiritually and emotionally as well. How, how do we fellowship with the world? Do we fellowship with the world? Are we too? It's a phrase that's used often and it, and it talks about the material attitudes of mankind. And it tells us that believers are not to love the world. And this, this talks about those who prefer worldly, non-spiritual things to godly things. Those who love the world more than Christ. They, they prove that the love of the Father is not in them. That's what's said here. And these attitudes are not from the Father but the world. And these are things that we must be cautious of, church. These are things that we must be mindful of. And, and one, of the, one of the commentaries I was reading pointed me to this. And I think if we, want to, <coughs> if we want to cultivate a heart for God, if we want to nurture that, if we want to nurture our heart for God, our love for him, our fellowship with him, we need to understand this. Notice what the world wants from us. It says, do not love the world. What the world wants from us is love. And, and the love, but the love of the world, this, this love, it's expressed in different ways. It's, it's expressed in time and attention in, in expense and finance. And, and we are encouraged I'm persuaded by the world to give our time, to give our attention, and to give our money to the things of this world instead of the things of God. It's almost like you have to do one or the other. Maybe that's the challenge. What, what in the world are we investing in? Our time, our attention, or even our finance, the things of this world instead of the things of God. If you love the world, 
There, there are rewards to be gained. You, you might find a place of prestige, of status, of honor, of comfort. All of these things could be found. The, the world system knows how to reward those who love it. But at the same time, and this is what this, this, um, this writer goes on to say, at the same time, even at their best, The rewards that come from this world last only as long as we live. The problem is that although we gain prestige, although we gain status and title, honour and comfort of this world, it is only of this world. It is only of here and now. But we lose the honour and the comfort of heaven. And which would you rather have? The things that are fading away, the things that are fleeting, or eternity? And the thing that goes on and on and on. How do we avoid loving the world that 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 love that's described here we need to spend church so much time cherishing our fellowship with god that the things of this world cannot have our time so we talk we talk about the the love that the world wants and we've talked about the time that it wants the attention that it wants the expense that it wants. We need to give God so much of our time. Fellowship with God is so much of our time that we do not have time for the things of the world. If we want to avoid loving the world, then we need to spend time loving God. That precious resource of time that we're often reminded of when it comes to the end, the, the thing that we spend that we can never get back. Do we, do we spend that and do we fellowship with God in that? We need to speak to God. We need to seek God. How do we avoid loving the world? Speak to God. Seek him every, every single day. Speak to him in prayer. Listen to him and dive into his word. Love God. If you want to love God, if you want to, to, to love and fellowship with him, then, then speak to him. As in any good relationship, a relationship breaks down without communication. And this is so much more important than any relationship that you'll maintain on this earth. Your fellowship with God. Nurture a genuine relationship with him. When we do that, then we'll be naturally drawn closer to him. And and the allure of this world, it loses its grip on us. We must spend all of the things that we have talked about, our time, our, our, our attention, our finances, all of it tied in to loving God. 
And, and do you know what? See when, see when the pastor talks about finance, people don't like that. And I understand that. I get that. It's like, oh, here we go. The church wants my money again. No, we don't. It's not about that. I'm not, I'm not telling you to, to, to give specifically to anything. I'm asking you to ask God, what does he want you to do with what you have? And, and, and is what you have precious to you? Is it more precious than the treasures that await in heaven? And some of these things, although a little bit of a challenge, they sound simple enough. It sounds simple enough, right? So I need to pray, I need to read, I need to go to church, and, and, and then that's it, I'm all good. My, my fellowship with God, it's, 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 it's all square. But church, we need to be aware that there is temptation and there will always be temptation, which is why scripture speaks about it so often. It's why John is speaking about it here. And John identifies three temptations that, that I'm, I, I want to briefly just talk about here as we draw near to a close. He talks about the lust of the flesh. And that's the temptation to satisfy the physical in a way that contradicts God's will. He talks about the lust of the eyes. And it points to our desire to pursue things that do not align with God's plan for us. And he talks about the pride of life. And, and that's the arrogance, it's the self-centeredness in us. It elevates us above God and above others. And what we need to do in, in order to fellowship with God, in order to love him well, we need to identify the areas in which we are tempted and rely on his Holy Spirit's guidance, be in his word and, and understand that in order to make God choices, we need to fellowship with God. Choices that honor our Heavenly Father. Scripture talks about cutting it off. The things that tempt us, cut it off. Flee from it. Delete it. Bin it. Give it away. Whatever it is that, that is tempting you from loving something other than God, be gone. Whatever it looks like for you, be aware of it. And ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in it. So often we are led astray or, or even tempted to move in the wrong direction. And it's simply due to a lack of contentment or gratitude. Left, right and centre, the world, it bombards us with things. Things that we need. Things that we need. And we feel that we're missing out because somebody else has and we don't have. But then we're putting our joy in material things. How quickly do those things disappear? How quickly are things gone? You hear about, you hear about disruption in the world all the time. You, you hear about how, how in a moment things are just washed away they're they're burnt up and turned to ash 
people all of a sudden. We talk about this phrase, it happened in the blink of an eye. And all of a sudden, we're without. But church, maybe what I would ask you in that is are you ever truly without? Are you ever truly without? If Christ is in you, and if you love him, and love fellowship with him, and not with the things of this world, are you ever without? John reminds us in these words that the desires of the world, that that they are fleeting. They will pass away. And true fulfillment, it lies in living a Christ-centered life and embracing God's will. Embracing contentment in whatever circumstance we may find ourselves in. In plenty or in little. We are grateful and we are content. Develop a heart of gratitude for the blessings God has bestowed upon you. Focusing on the eternal treasure that awaits us in heaven. And, and sometimes I, I understand that there are seasons when, when it just feels like every direction and, and things are being ripped away from us and, it, and it's hard, it's hard to count your blessings. But what you need to know is that sometimes it might be difficult, sometimes in certain seasons and circumstances it might be hard, but know that it is not impossible. Know that your blessings are plenty. Know that because you have God, because Christ is in you, in whatever circumstance, you have all that you need. Find your heart anchored to God's and shielded from the world. And to finish, John tells us that those who do the will of God, that they will live forever. It says that in a verse just after this. And it says, and the world with its lust is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. Do we live a life that looks to advance his kingdom on earth? Do we reflect the will of God in how we live? And, and it looks different for different people, but my advice to you is if you want to live that life that reflects God's work within you, that Christ is within you, Find others who do just that. I think when we talked earlier about loving, loving the church and loving its people, get alongside them. There's a direction that this, that this chapter goes in. Love God's people. And then don't love the things of the world. And, and how do we do that? Well, we fellowship with God. And, and how do we fellowship with God? Well, we fellowship with his people. And we love his people. Get alongside his people. Find those who live to do the will of God. Include them in what you think you do well in. In the areas that you struggle. Seek prayer. A few weeks ago, and just at the beginning of this as well, we talked about how we are to be salt and light in this world. We are to be that light in a dark place. And how do you do that? Are, are you pursuing peace? 
and I mean real peace with others? Do you apologize quickly and forgive quickly? Do you serve the underprivileged and misrepresented? Do you love the unlovable? And not just love, not just a word, but actively love, actively serve. When we live our lives beyond ourselves, church, with an eternal perspective, then we find ourselves less entangled in the world and more focused on fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. There's a call to examine our hearts and to align our desires with God's will. And, and for each of us, and this is, why, this is why it's important that we do it together. Because each of us will have our strengths and will have our weaknesses. And this is why we are a body. And this is why there is a call to be united. How does your life magnify Christ? In what way do you allow him to work in your life? What do you give to him? Is it all? Is it enough? What is it that you need to do in order to honour God? Well, do not love the, love the world or the things of the world, church. Love God. Love him. Love fellowship with him. The world is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. Let me pray, church. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for um, that truth that we have. That as, as these things of the world, as they, as they pass away, that your promise to us is that we will live forever with you and with your son. And God, we, we think of those who have that privilege now, God. God, we think of those who stand before you. And God, we thank you that one day, because of your grace in our lives, despite the things that would tempt us and move us in the wrong direction, God, thank you for your grace in our lives that one day we will stand face to face. God, with your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.